As we begin to reintegrate into the world post-lockdown, we're confronted with the fact that our lives are not the same as they were before 2020. And with that comes the realization that a lot of us have to relearn, rebuild, and restart. Struggling to do so myself, I wondered how other people are able to rise from the ashes of crumbled moments throughout their lifetime. I'm Rebecca Lee, and this is season two. How the fuck did you bounce back? Okay, Marley, thank you so much for for being here and and joining me for an hour. I really appreciate your time. Um, I'm super excited to talk about like your podcast and things that you've gone through. You're in Los Angeles, right? Yes, I am. Okay, okay. Los Angeles. Okay, perfect. And your podcast is called Confessions of a Wannabe It Girl. Can you like anybody who hasn't listened? Can you like give us a little brief summary about uh, what you do on that podcast? Yeah, so the podcast is really about kind of filtering out the bullshit we hear in the world uh, kind of around entertainment industry and like Los Angeles life. There's just like so much BS out there in a way. And, you know, moving here can be really intimidating. And um, we kind of just try to filter out all that and like help other women, not exclusively other women, but get to the next level with less stress, less, you know, just bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. When did you move to LA? Well, I went to college here. So I came here in 2014 and then I spent four years very drunk running around a campus and didn't do anything. Loved it, but it was great, you know? Yeah, totally. So it's like, I've lived in like two different LA's in a way. Um, So then 2018 is when I graduated. So. Okay. Okay, cool. And where are you, where were you before you went to college here? Like, where are you from? Oh, so I grew up in a really small town in Cedar Crest, New Mexico. Um, Really. It's right outside of Albuquerque. My life was in Albuquerque, but technically I'm from Cedar Crest. Okay, cool. And they are, you're an actor, right? Yes. So that's okay. kind of why some of the podcasts got started too. A, yeah, I think me. you can totally relate to this. So much of it feels out of your control as an oh, actor. Yeah. Like you're, you know, kind of at the backing of a lot of other people. So I really wanted to start a podcast because I was like, oh, I'm just going to run this. And it's completely on me to go out there, find guests, create content, whatever. And it just felt so good to have control over something again, Um, even though they are somewhat still like a freelance space, if you will. So they cause stress in different ways, which is not something I realized at the time, but it's just nice to have that. But yes, I'm an actor. When did you start your podcast? 2020, just like everyone else. Got Um, it. Okay. 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 Cool. Except for I do like to humbly brag that I've had the idea since I was in college, but that doesn't really count. Um, I count it. It It counts for me. Thank (laughs) you. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah. I like, I started mine. So season one was about confidence. Season two is about bouncing back. And honestly, they're both just because of uh, myself and what I'm interested in and what I'm going through. And so I'm like, season one started because I just didn't feel confident. And I feel like, I don't know if you relate to this, but like, I feel like oh. all of my, like all of my, cause I'm in comedy. So I feel like all of my friends in comedy are so confident. Like they go on stage. They're like, just, they know what they're doing. They they're, they're not nervous, all that shit. And I'm like, I don't get it. Like, how are you guys, how are you not a ball of anxiety? Like, let's talk about it. And so I just started taking my friends to coffee. Like I didn't even I didn't have it. It wasn't a podcast. It was just like me asking my confident friends to like, like, can I pick your brain about like your mental health state and how you are the way you are? And then the, then the pandemic happened. And then I was like, well, this might help other people. So you might as well do it. And so it's like, 
I don't know if you feel this way of like, well, I like doing the podcast or I, it could be anything, whether it's the podcast or any other like art form. And if other people like it, cool. If other people don't like it, cool. Like I'm, I'm doing this like for me first and then like mm-hmm. everybody else second. I don't know if you relate to that at all. No, I do relate to that. But I also think on some level I'm doing it for my 16 year old self, specifically the Ooh, podcast. I love yeah. that. Because that time being even though I knew I wanted to go into entertainment, I was a competition dancer. I actually have my Ooh. BA in dance, but um, yeah, wild. Um, lots of trauma there. Um, but <laughs> we'll, talk, we'll talk about that in a second. We'll get into that. Um, but yeah, like that 16 year old girl who like, you know, wanted to move to a city, had big dreams and also was like, you know, really struggling with, you know, the mental state of being confident or just like you can be quote unquote, the it girl, I really then felt like I might've had friends who were really popular, but I was never the popular one. And like, just that kind of like seconds best mentality Mm. really has affected my life. And unfortunately in the performing space too. So like, I feel like I'm doing it for my 16 year old self. I love that because are you in therapy or have you been in therapy before? I have been in therapy since 2017 every week. Love her. <laughs> Love that. Me too. I'm, I'm like, it's like my, that and my credit score, are like the two things I can brag about. I'm like, I've been in Love. therapy every week since 2015 and my credit score is super high. And like, that's, that's what I got right now. Okay. Play to that. My credit score is great too. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, and that's something I'm proud of. Um, uh, <laughs> when I need a confidence boost, just go on my, my like Wells Fargo app and be like, hell yeah. Uh, my score. Here we come, baby. Yeah, exactly. Do I know how to invest money? Absolutely not. Do I have a good credit score? Yes. Um, small steps, small steps, small steps. Totally. Um, oh God damn it. Now I can't remember what were we talking about right before we talked about our credit we're talk- score. My oh, 16 therapy, year old therapy, self. therapy yes, and your therapy. 16 year old self. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've been in therapy since 2015 every week and it's like life changing. And, life-changing. um, yeah. And it's just like, I think this year I don't do like resolutions cause I never do them. <laughs> Like I'll set it and then I'll be like, mm, nah. But like this year, I want to like get more in touch with like childlike joy and my childlike mm-hmm. self. And I feel like it's mostly like my teenage self. Like I was thinking about like back to like when, like what era of childhood, like would I like to kind of find the joy from? And it's really mm-hmm. like from ages like 12 to 17. And so- yeah. I really relate to that. Like, oh, I'm doing this for my 16 year old self. Like I absolutely relate to that. Um, yeah. Did you make any like resolutions or anything or like, goals? okay. So goals are like a really interesting thing yeah. for me. I say I am like a type a person with a B personality, which is like mm. a very interesting combo. So like I can get super locked into, I'm going to make goals. I'm going to book this. I'm going to do this, blah, blah, blah. And honestly, that's kind of like really effed me up in a way. Now I am so focused on just like the feeling, like the mm-hmm. feeling of doing good work as an actor. The feeling is do having authentic conversations with people on the podcast. Like, uh, you know, yes. Are there goals? Are there, you know, shows and things and places I want to be at the podcast? Sure. But like, I'm more just focused on the essence of it this year. I mean, I think since 2020, nobody walks in being like, this is my year anymore. Sure. Nobody does that. Sure. It's, it, it sounds like you're more like, like intrinsically motivated rather than like motivated by like external things. Oh God. Um, I, so that's so nice that you say that because I don't think that that's what it sounds like. Cause you're like, I, I want to like do it for the feeling for me instead of like the external goals, which I think like, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a fucking therapist, but it feels like that is like 
the route to success is like doing things like for you. And then it seems like everything else falls into place. Um, okay. All that being said, that was a great intro. I want to ask the first question that I always ask, which is, is there an event in your life or a time period, um, that you're most proud of overcoming an obstacle, a challenge and, and why is that? And it can be from childhood, like, I I don't care, teenage years, adulthood, whatever you feel like you're like, I'm really proud that I did this. Yeah. So there's kind of a couple points that bring me to this point. But when I graduated from college, I actually had a kind of mini mental breakdown. Um, Like I had been struggling kind of unknowingly at this time with like a panic uh, attack disorder a little bit. And I would just constantly panic attack. I was panic attacking in dance. I would panic attack in acting. And when I came to graduate, it really like came to a head. And at the time I thought it was just a performance, you know, induced situation, but it turns out it was, it was much, much more. So yeah, there I was in my senior year of college. I was actually a minor in theater. So I'm in my minor classes on top of it. I don't know these people very well, just having like a full, I mean, people think I need to be like hospitalized. Like I don't look well. I'm pale as a sheet, panicking, can't breathe the whole thing, you know, and the teacher pulls me out and is like, what's going on? I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know. I can't tell you. I'm just overwhelmed. And he was like, you know, like, are you seeing someone? I was like, yes, I'm seeing a therapist. And he was like, have you considered seeing a psychiatrist? And I kind of wanted to be like, F you, buddy. Like, this is my life. Um, even though I respect him a lot. Um, but, you know, on some level, he was right. And I, you know, went and sought out like psychiatry help. And they were like, you know, you have like a really like moderate complexity, generalized, um, generalized anxiety disorder. And I was like, what? Like, excuse me? Like, no, I don't, you know, you you're in such like denial. And also I think at that point in my life and, you know, mental health conversation was really blowing up while I was in college. So like suddenly everybody has an anxiety disorder and everybody has this. And I was like, okay, well, like everyone has it, but it's not that big of a deal. Right. Because like, I hear everyone say it and he's like, no, like, you know, this is like really affecting your life. Like you can't do these things that you want to do and whatnot. And I was just so confused about what was going on. And this is at the same time that I was kind of like breaking up with my best friend from childhood. And so all of these things are just like coming to a head. And I, you know, felt so overwhelmed. And, you know, they, of course, had offered me medication. That's what psychiatrists do. And, you know, I told my family, they weren't like against it. They weren't like that supportive of, you know, becoming like a medicated person. And it was the first moment, like, I really had to independently make choices for myself and being like, you know what? No, I'm going to try this. And, you know, I'm not like promoting medication, but for me in that moment, it was the right decision. And, you know, I was overcoming so much. I was literally newly like a true adult like out on my own I was losing relationships that I wasn't used to I was starting a I mean I would call it like a pre-professional career by going into like a conservatory style acting studio like there's a lot going on and it was like that moment I really just was like you know what nope I'm an adult I don't need support and I have you know I'm doing this on my own I love my parents they're extremely supportive but like that was a me choice so like pulling it all together with all the things that had led me to this point, I'm just so proud that like I made a decision for myself and I didn't let, you know, kind of like the coffee shop thoughts, you know, affect my opinion of what I was going to do. I feel like 
I've talked about this a little bit before, but like you said you were in the middle of like a childhood best friend breakup. Yeah. Like a friendship breakup you're talking about, right? Yes. Like a friendship okay. breakup. We don't talk about that enough in society. There's not enough, like it's not, it's not shown in like film and television enough. No. We don't talk about it enough. Like it's almost like we don't think it's like as important as romantic relationships. And it is quite frankly to me, like more important, especially no, when it's like my like female friends are like my, I would, I'm like a ride or die bitch. Um, I will, if I love you, like I won't let anybody fuck with you. And so like, I just feel like we don't talk about how upsetting that is because that's like years and years and years and years of friendship. I'm still upset about it on some level. Like I can't let it go. (laughs) Like it, I, I agree with everything you're saying. I think as particularly in the media, which is some level, I think where I want to take the podcast to is that in media, we talk a lot about women having romantic relationships, but we don't talk a lot about like true women friendships, true women breakups. Like we're saying, I mean, sure. Everyone looks at like mean girls and they're like, oh, well that's the girls movie. I'm like, it's so much more complex than that. And yeah, I just, I completely agree that it's not talked about enough. It It's really, really not. And it, it takes years to get over. Like I still hold on to some of, you know, the resentment, the love, the weird feelings. Like it's wild. <laughs> it's so wild. Um, And okay. so many women have one too. Oh like, yeah. So many. It's so common. Totally. I like, I, in doing these, I'm just like, oh yeah. Like we all go through this and we're just like, aren't conditioned to like think of it as like as big of a thing as a romantic relationship right like Uh, you know and I remember when it was happening to my my boy he's still my boyfriend my boyfriend and a friend of mine were hanging out and he knew my friend who was like when are you two just gonna make up and I was like we're not like it's not just like a little girly like hissy fight like we're not making up like it's done like and just let that be but nobody would ever say that to a guy you know he wouldn't be like when are you guys gonna make up like they would just be like they're not friends anymore and so do you feel comfortable like talking at all about like what that was about the friendship yeah absolutely it's wild I mean I you know can't give like a diagnosis for what I think is maybe going on or was going on with her but yeah so we had been friends since like 13 or 12 like seventh or eighth grade um and I didn't realize it at the time but I was extremely enabling her and I totally like take the ownership of that but like I enabled her to have like horrible behavior to me even to other people sometimes and you know it was like one of those like they're always together it's always them Mm -hmm. together situations and you know that carried through to college even, um, even though I was so actually proud of, there was really three of us that we didn't all go to the same college at all, Mm. very different places, whatnot. But you know, it was like the constant, like my life is a drama. My life is, you know, an emergency line. And, you know, there were not to get into so much of my drama, but you know, there was a time in college I was really, you know, I was a dance major. I was really struggling with my body image. Mm-hmm. And um, I had just started dating who, my boyfriend, whom we're still very much together. But it was my first Valentine's Day. I had ever had a boyfriend. I sucked at relationships in high school, never had a boyfriend, like could not keep it together. Hopeless romantic till college, evidently. And then I figured it out. But it was my first um, Valentine's Day with him. I'm struggling with this, like, you know, weird body dysmorphia eating thing. Um, And 
she calls me and she's crying and being like, you know, it's the first Valentine's Day. I haven't had my ex-boyfriend from college and blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, I'm just thinking like, you have no idea what's going on with me. I'm struggling with something I can't even like feel comfortable telling you because on some level you might have helped me get to this situation being insecure about it. And like, why are, why am I doing this? Why am I friends with you? Like, this is so unsupported. And not to mention, this is the first Valentine's day. I'm actually going to have maybe something special. And like, you're tearing that apart from me and just like wasting my time over and over and over again. But it's like the constant need she need to have, um, for me to be supportive of her to be considered a friend. Like it wasn't like I was a mother, I was a sister, I was a best friend, and I was a therapist to her. It's not mm. just like a one. And at some point, you just like, you can't handle it anymore. So, you know, we I just literally cut it cold turkey at some point. Um, You know, there's always more drama to it. But mm. yeah, so it's, it's a complicated thing, you know? Okay, this is going to sound... No. Do you do personality quizzes ever or like yes, anything in of that course. world? Fucking love like, that stuff. I'm obsessed with <laughs> it. Have you done the Enneagram quiz before or no? Okay. Is this the one where you're like a generator or is this the number one? No, it's the number one. Okay. I think I'm a three. <laughs> okay. 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 I, from what you're saying, I'm like, oh, you might be a two or a three Ooh. because like okay. a two is my mom, my sister are both twos. Like everybody I love is either a two or a three. I feel like, um, but it's definitely like, uh, like the helper, like you want to be, you want to help the people that are around you. Mm -hmm. And like, it gives you joy to like make other people happier to like, or to like be there for another person. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and like at some point in like doing these interviews, I've talked to people and they're like, at some point I was like, Oh, you know, I got to prioritize like my needs first. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious about like, in that friendship, if you feel like you prioritized her needs over yours. A hundred percent, like yeah. 95% of the time, maybe in college, I got that 5%, but in high school, like it was, it was all her needs over mine, which also I was so young. I hadn't had a best friend. You know, this is kind of somewhere the idea of the podcast comes from too. Like I didn't feel like an it girl. I'd never felt like the popular girl. And here, you know, not to mention she, she is a very pretty girl, you know, this looks like sparkly person that like I can now be attached to. This is what I think a friendship looks like. Mm -hmm. You know, that's mm -hmm. what I thought best friends treated each other like. And it wasn't until mm -hmm. I was in college and made my amazing group of goofball friends that don't treat me that way that I started to understand that close friendships don't operate that way. And God bless my friends because I probably in the beginning app operated really weird to them. And they were like, why are you like this? You know, and God bless them for not being like, Charlie's kind of odd, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's like one of those things where like, you don't know until you know, like you don't you know don't. anything's weird until like you see something that's not that like you, you saw like this other group of friends who are behaving differently. And you like, I'm assuming you like felt better around them. I did. Yeah. And so you're them. like, exactly. So you're like, you didn't know that there was another option in, in nope. a friendship, you know? Yeah. I thought that's like what it was exactly, like. Exactly. Exactly. It's which, wild. It's so wild. Do you think she was a narcissist? I mean, yeah. I do, yeah. but like, also then what's, it's like the anxiety thing. Everybody's a narcissist. Everyone's an empath. So like, I'm kind of mm. like, I don't know if like I can give that diagnosis. Sure. Well, like, yeah, we're not but doctors. Yeah, we don't If know. you ask me, like, 
I would say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just based on like, I have a father with narcissist. Like it's, it's beyond a narcissist. She at least has like, the tendencies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like my dad has like narcissistic personality disorder, like borderline sociopath. Like we don't talk, but it sounds like these things mm-hmm. are like similar to obviously not to that extent, but I'm like, Oh, that sounds like kind of familiar. Um, yep. Do you feel like your anxiety attacks, like, do, can you, in therapy, have you talked about like the root of them? Cause I know sometimes yeah. it's just like, no, it's just like how my brain chemistry is. But sometimes other people are like, oh, we, you know, I've talked about in therapy in childhood, this happened. And then that, that snowballed and blah, blah, blah. So I'm I wondering if you there's a little bit that. of both, but yes, yeah. we've talked about it. There's a little bit of both. Like, I think naturally I'm a high, um, kind of neuroses person. Like I live in that place, but part of that, like I started growing very, very young. Um, you know, unfortunately there was like a lot of medical drama going on in my life at a very, very young age. And I did not, obviously couldn't put two to two together. And I probably had a sense of that and felt like I was being denied like information or, you know, everything's fine. So we, I'm a baby, you know, everything's fine. And clearly everything wasn't. So like that probably like started my muscles of thinking like in an anxious mm. way. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of it comes from the fear of, uh, well, I'm not good enough. Like I'm not good enough to um, have a, a sparkly best friend. I'm not good enough to be sparkly on my own without the best friend. You know, it's a very, you know, which unfortunately does not help the performing arts. Luckily, I feel so much better in a place with it, but that is unfortunately, I think the mindset a lot of younger girls like are faced with, and especially with the face of social media being like, you know, here, even the authentic content. And I'm all, I love social media and I hate social media. Even with the girls that are like authentic, like they're still beautiful. They still have like lovely things or they present their lives very lovely. And like, how can you sometimes not sit on the other end of any form of media and think like, well, I don't have that. It's hard. Yeah. It's like once, and then once you like form these like anxious thoughts, it's like, hard to it's like a habit at that point and then now no, you are unlearning your entire the way you operated your entire life totally um, have you like what has helped you in um obviously like when we have anxiety like or at least for me it's like I'm just never not gonna be there but like is there anything that has helped you like manage it yeah I think well there is that idea of like it's never not gonna be there every normal person in some form experiences anxiety maybe not, you know, 22, seven, like I was not 24, seven, but 22, seven, like I was at this point, but like anxiety is an emotion we experience and that's life. But I think the biggest thing that's helped me is honestly, like time, time, understanding, talking to people. I mean, I've been wicked honest with the people in my life about it. Maybe not like completely, you know, they don't need yeah. to know every detail, but just totally. like, I'm going through this and owning that. And I mean, therapy is a blessing. And also like just realizing that if I get up every day and I do do the things I want, just like cutting out the noise, cut out the noise of other people. Um, and that, you know, that seems help, but like, I can't lie. Like it's gotten easier as I've gotten older. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> just like a huge part of it. I think not to yeah. say that it doesn't come up, but it's hard. I was talking about this the other day about like 
our industry specifically and I, I guess it started with social media like talking about social media because like I I don't like I I don't like it mostly because like people feel so entitled to like comment on your stuff or it's not even like I don't even see it happen on my stuff but I'll see like a just like a random person being like I don't know, like, this is what I cooked today or like just being like mm-hmm. their, their their authentic self. People just like fucking comment the meanest shit on yep. it. And I'm like, why do you feel like you're allowed to comment on someone who's just like existing and like letting you in and being kind enough to like show you like a little part of who they are and you just fucking are so mean. Do you yeah, like I've ever experience that? You yeah, did. so I've had, I've had, a few incidents um with it and I've definitely seen it on other people's like even worse and I I can't imagine I do interview a lot of influencers on my podcast so I have heard even from them I can't imagine but yeah I I had one video I posted on TikTok and I was joking like I love Erwan but like I don't shop there for all my groceries or whatever yeah and I was like important notice like just so you know, it's not a rule. Like if you live in LA, you don't have to buy like all your groceries at Air One. I said something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And someone had the audacity to comment. If you're poor, just say it. And I was like, I mean, I'm in like a great place. Like I don't need to great credit score. Like yeah, we already great, know. We already know your credit score is great. great credit like, score, like, but like, that's our top things right now. Top things. But like, what if I wasn't? Like uh, yeah. it just sent me into a massive smile. Like that was tiny. And then this one, this one actually does cause me a little bit of stress. <laughs> um, I'm a big Coachella person. Mm-hmm. I love Coachella, just like every basic girly in life. And I made a podcast episode about it. It did really well. And uh, I released a clip on TikTok talking about how Coachella isn't the place to like wear rave attire, basically. Mm-hmm. Um we could go into why I think that, but like whatnot. And the rave community came for me oh, in God. my comments, like just so ruthless being like, you know, who are you to think you can say this? Um, like God awful take whatnot. Um, and it went on through me going out to Coachella. I posted videos of me at Coachella and I was really proud of this outfit and it doesn't matter. But like, yeah, someone commented, they were like, and it was like, and you're giving style advice, like your outfits are horrible. Like the, I, I just kind of laughed. I mean, honestly, I did call my best friend. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Like this is stressful. Like I, you know, should I just delete it? And she was like, no, you know what? If people are talking about you in the podcast, it's fine. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, fine. But yeah, people are really ruthless in the comments. And the irony of that was, is like, I literally met my boyfriend at Electric Daisy Carnival. Mm-hmm. I've worked for Insomniac as a dancer, as a production person, like the irony of that. But I get it, it was, it's a, maybe a really strong point of view and some people didn't react to it. People are entitled to an opinion. I kind of wish I maybe didn't say it that way. Mm-hmm. But like the ruthlessness of people, it, it's insane. I, yeah. I don't know why. And when I started the podcast too and wanted to talk about social media so much, I didn't even think of this point. Mm, mm. It was so much more just like the compare and despair. Like I was focused on. Mm. And now I'm starting to see so many people talk about just how awful people are in the comments of, you know, really big influencers or even just like middle influencers. Like it's horrible. 
even just like and they're like humans that are not influencers are all like just existing that like happen right. to have like one video that went like simul- semi-viral or whatever and they're just like a regular not human you know what i mean right. they, they don't have they don't try to like get followers they're just like existing and people still it's like a damned if you do damned if you don't like yeah exactly right. it's like you, you no matter what you say it feels like someone's gonna have an opinion on it um so many people have an opinion <laughs> yeah what did like in talking to um the you said you like have interviewed a, a handful of influencers what do they yes. say they do to well, yeah. when that happens to them i think I think from the outside on some level, they're told this is part of the job. Mm-hmm. And so I think there are, I mean, I think there is a level of that mentality that is true. And I think a lot of them own that they're like, you know, yeah, this is it's part of the territory. You know, this job is glamorous. You know, it might be, a, it's definitely easier than working at McDonald's for like 20 hours a week or not even 20 hours a week, but you see what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it's just, so a I think some of them own it's a little bit it's part of the job it's part of the culture but you know they have to have thick skin and just like put it down I mean it's true of I think a lot of people in entertainment I mean influencing is not exactly entertainment but it's like you know a cousin Mm -hmm. and they just have to put it in the category of like everybody's gonna have critics not everybody's a buyer from me and you know I think there's also a little bit of well, any press is good press, you know, Sure. which I think is another really dark part of influencing, which I don't love. Cause when this was happening to me with the Coachella video, I thought I was like, I could make so many nasty videos of mm. people being like, you know, I could walk around Coachella and film people that I think don't fit in and whatever, and say something really nasty. And I'd probably get a lot of views, a lot of followers and a lot of comments, but like that is how some people function on TikTok is to make drama, to make clout out of situations and, you know, have really, really, really strong opinions and takes on things and people will watch it. People will view it. And I don't love that side of social media and I didn't do that, but it was definitely an option. It was right in front of me. So I can totally see how other people can take it. And like, I don't know. It's, it's dark. That's why like, something that I've been thinking about a lot lately about like our industry, not about influencers specifically, but like they're, they're included in entertainment for me. Like Mm -hmm. it feels like, and obviously there are, it's, this is not like a hundred percent true. Like there are some um, outliers or whatever, but it feels like you have to be somewhat narcissistic and like kind of ruthless to be successful in this industry. Because like the people that I'm, maybe not friends with, but like that are in my, you know, group of like comedy big circle or whatever. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, like this person's willing to do like whatever it takes to be quote unquote, like successful and or to get followers or to get a job or whatever. And like, and they, they are like, they are successful yeah. and they will continue to be successful. And it's so disheartening to me because it's like, I couldn't do that if I tried. Like I can't I I would not be able to sleep at night because it was it would just be so against my my like values and it's not to say like I am an amazing person like I do shitty things too but like to see people get and this actually for like any industry right it's like when you see Mm -hmm. people who are willing to like step on other people to get success for themselves it's Mm -hmm. so like 
well, then what the, how am I ever going to succeed? Because I can't do that. And I feel similarly with like being an influencer. It's like, do you ever feel like, um, why does my opinion on this thing matter? Like, why should I even make a video about this? Because like, do I think I'm that interesting and cool that people will even care what I have to say about this? Or is this just me being like, having like low self-esteem or something? Yeah, it's such an interesting thing because I agree with you that like there's like a little bit of I think everybody's first step into entertainment is a a, a touch of narcissism. Like right. we all have it. And like delusion. All, right, cuz on some level you all believe that you've got it mm-hmm. and or you can have it or you're mm-hmm. going to get it. And so that that all starts us in the same place. I think that's why a lot of people don't like LA too because here's all these people um, in my, I use this analogy all the time, but I love it. There's all these people from maybe JV towns where they were a varsity player mm. and then they all moved to LA and it's, you know, it's not even a varsity town. It's the Olympic town. Right. And, you know, now we're all these like, you know, smaller or small fish or big fish in a bit, uh, small pond. And now we're big fish in a massive, right. massive, competitive, intense pond. So yeah, starting out, I think everybody in these spaces has a little bit of that. Even if maybe you did grow up here, maybe not. I don't know. But sorry, what was the que- original question? <laughs> I, I don't like really remember. I think it was just like, do you ever feel disheartened by like seeing what it oh, takes people step to, on people. yes, like quote unquote yeah. succeed or like what are your thoughts around that? Because you obviously Almost- have interviewed a lot of people. You have like a lot of, um, uh, oh my God, I can't even think of the word but like you deal with social media a lot. Like you, that's like a topic that you're interested in and talking about. So I'm just curious about like your take on it. This is more maybe traditional Hollywood take, but the thing that disheartens me so much that I still think is lightly a vein in the entertainment, not even lightly, I think it's still a vein in the entertainment industry is kind of the Harvey Weinstein mentality of mm. you have to be single, you have to be, you know, attractive, you have to be, for lack of a better word, like fuckable. Mm. And I think, you know, a lot of women maybe have used that in the past to get, I don't want to say women have gotten there, but, you know, They've been in situations where that has become a currency to climb in the entertainment industry. And that is something that I think is absolutely so disheartening. And, you know, I my heart goes out to all those women who went through a time in Hollywood where it was even worse than it is now. Even though I have to say that when that all came out, I was kind of like, yeah, like, didn't we all know that that's like how women were treated in Hollywood on some level? Like it it wasn't like a big shock. Everyone's acting like who knew? And it's like, I I think a lot of people did actually. And that's the number one thing that's so, so disheartening that we still hold on to some of these ideals in the entertainment industry. It breaks my heart when I see, you know, actresses, you know, hide, maybe because they don't want to deal with press, but like hide their relationship status Mm. because like it might keep them from booking jobs. Like, not because I'm like a super pro marriage person or anything. I'm just saying like, it's, it's just disheartening. Um, but I I think, you know, in the influencer step of it, you know, I don't know a ton of watching people step on each other in that place. I think that's a very, very quiet hush hush thing, maybe in the influencer community. And I've met amazing influencers, every influencer I've had on the podcast has been so sweet, so open, so honest, and, you know, 
However, they all kind of do say like when they go to like influencing events, they go with their group of people. Like I feel like maybe if you went completely like on your own, um, it could be, I mean, nobody wants to go to a party alone, especially those ones with very intimidating people sometimes. Um, maybe they wouldn't feel like as comfortable, but I think a lot of influencers have like their own influencing community, just like we have an acting community mm -hmm. and a writing community and a comedy community and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that is like a really important thing, but I, I have no idea if like that click is shunning that click and sure. you know, what this, I mean, it's like, you could say the same for acting studios and this agency oh, doesn't yeah. like that agency. And you know, mm -hmm. if you're with a big one, you can't be with that big one after yep. if you do, it's a big shock. So, I mean, <laughs> it's still Hollywood politics. At it, the end it, of the day. it really is. <laughs> um, how do, uh, I don't know if we've talked, I don't think we did. How do the people that you've influenced, people that you've influenced, the influencers that you've <laughs> talked to, yeah. how do they deal with, how do they say they deal with like the negative comments and stuff? Um, yeah, I think it comes back to just like strong skin, move on. They just, I okay, so they just like don't really, line. they don't like acknowledge the comments themselves. I think it's weird when they acknowledge it. I think it's the strongest thing to just like not not engage, not ignore and just ignore it. And like, get off your phone and go be in real life. Mm. I think my favorite influencers that I have interviewed have seen very similar to their content, but also ta have talked about how they have really strong boundaries with their phone. That Ooh. phone is for work and like not for socialing. Um, you know, uh, this, she's literally my favorite influencer. Um, her name is life of lives or Liberty. And she was, I actually just recently re-released the episode, but she talked about how, when she is on her phone, it's literally for work. And yes, she's checking what her friends do, but it's to only see trends, not to be like, Oh, she got invited to that party. And I didn't, or like, I'm not checking on what she's doing. I'm checking to see what my other successful influencers are doing online so I can make similar content to continue mm. to stay, you know, prevalent in this, you know, one day you're hot, one day you're not industry. Mm. Um, and she really only sees it as a work thing. Um, and also she does something that I really love. I even tried to do it, but I couldn't do it. She posts like a whole day late, like her story, you think it's that day and it's actually the day before, mm. you know, A for safety, I think for mental health, you know, whatnot. Um, so yeah, I think it's, they just look at it. It's a job. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's also like, I feel like people hate on influence. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like people, people hate, hate on, on influencers. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's such a hard, you're doing everything. You're coming up with content. You're writing the content. You're shooting it. You have to do, you have to get like good audio on it, good picture on it. You have to edit it. Like you have to have good marketing on it. It's like, you're an entire, I mean, obviously if you have the funds to like hire a team to like help you right. with that, great. But like in the beginning, like it's all you doing every single skill set, And it is so impressive to me. Right. They're editors. They are photoshoppers. I mean, some of them create their own filters for the app. So like they have that, to, like they're tech they savvy. They're, They're very creative. tech savvy, yeah. tech savvy, creative. I mean, that is why I, when I really started the podcast, that was a huge focus of the podcast was kind of debunking how much more work being an influencer is, or just being anybody famous, if you will. 
would it is but it is just so much more work but it's the same with acting too people look at acting and think like oh they're just they're great at the craft it's like no you have to be good at the business you have to know what your casting is you have to take the right headshots you have to be good stylist now i mean not even now but always like the quality of self tapes is like insanely important to me i mean i work in commercial production so i also like like that side of things but like having great setup lighting you know whatnot is a huge part of these jobs that people like you know in freaking you know melissa and mississippi don't realize is part of the job they just think it's like that easy um mm -hmm. and yeah so that is a huge reason i do really sympathize with influencers who get shit on because they are doing so much work they're yeah. and they're full some of them have representation but some of them are like also like striking these deals so like then on top of it they're their own agent it's a and lot. like their own attorney too like if it's right. a contract negotiation thing yeah right I, I just being able to understand that jargon and whatnot it's a lot and you know i on the other hand like yes like i said it's way easier maybe than standing on your feet working like triple overtime at mcdonald's like yes it probably is a little easier than that or it's different it's just different <laughs> yeah i just think it's like a diff a like it's a different set of skills you know it's like yeah. it's equally every like they're equally as hard it's just they're hard in different ways you know right yeah what's like something that what is like the main thing you're working on now personally in like the mental health space or um like intrinsically, like, is there something that you're working on for you right now? Yeah. So last year I was super focused on kind of saying no to say yes to other things. But this year I'm super focused about just not caring about other people's opinions. Mm. Um, you know, cause even though as, as bold as, you know, I get behind a podcast, mic, you know, I it's, and I'm sure you've experienced this too. So you'll have to tell me that, but like, it's a little like, I don't know, embarrassing or awkward or sometimes to be, like we said, putting out this content and thinking like, oh, I, I'm smart enough. I've realized this and, and this is worth sharing with people. Sometimes it's like a little imposter syndrome. Oh, yeah. A little like, am I a narcissist for thinking I should yeah. be doing this? And so this year I really want to focus on just like, oh, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. Like, how are, how matter. are you, what are you doing to like work towards that? honestly, just like diving in even deeper, like mm -hmm. into the podcast, like there's certain things with like, even being here, like, you know, I've had the podcast since 2020. And I think I've guested, well, I did one this week, but this is my fourth interview. I've been on other podcasts, you know, that I've really like been like, I, you know, I want to talk to other people. I want to get, you know, what I'm doing out there. So like, I'm really diving in on it and just like, you know, kind of going like this, like a horse's blinders are on and just diving in and you know sometimes which goes really well with my goal of last year is like sometimes I have to say no I you know those amazing college friends they took a trip um I honestly couldn't afford it at the time I just been on a big family vacation and you know a year before I would have gone taken the debt stressed myself out been exhausted and gone but I was like nope I I just I'm gonna be a bitch if I go I don't have the means to go right now so I'm, I'm just gonna stay and you know that's that and it you know ended up being a great weekend for myself and it was a big moment where I realized like I can do those things and my friends will still love me and that's okay and I will still do my work and it will be okay that's so. huge like setting boundaries like that 
with not only with other people, but like with yourself too, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's super important. And a lot of times the guests that have been on this podcast have talked about like how they weren't like raised knowing how to do that. And it's been a, like a learning process to be able to like know what the boundary is and how to set it. Um, what do you attribute that change to? Cause it sounds like at one point, um, you didn't have like, you didn't, maybe you didn't want to say no, or you felt like you couldn't say say no. no. (laughs) And then now you feel like you can set that boundary. How, what do you attribute that change? I talk a lot to my therapist about it. Mm -hmm. Not going to (laughs) lie. And we'll coach, we'll coach through that. But also like, I think it, it was just like, I literally can't, Mm. like, I, I can't do it. Like I can't mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually make these kinds of moves and moves anymore because I'm exhausted on some level. And so it was like, I had, I had to like, it, it sounds kind of bad to sound like there was no other choice, but it was like, there's no other choice, but to stop acting like this because your way of living is honestly not very sustainable if you're going to keep acting like this. Yeah. What do you do on like the days that you don't feel good or that you feel anxious or defeat? I mean, assuming you do have days like that, oh, yeah. I don't know that you do. 100%. Okay. Yeah. Like on, <laughs> on the days where you like feel super anxious or defeated, what, is there something you do to like make yourself feel better in like real this, time? Yeah. This is like a little bit of like an intense mindset and it it works for me I by no means think it works for everyone um when I was panic attacking and um going into like the college time and really just like I blew a lot of opportunities in college like I'm not gonna lie like I was not the hardworking performer I am now um I kind of tell myself you know it's it's not worth being anxious about it's not worth messing this up like you can either go home and mess mess this day up, mess this time up, mess this interview up, and or you can just go for it. And at the end, you're you're still gonna end up at home, you know, whatnot, or back in your car, and you're still gonna keep living. Um, I heard this great story that was actually told to me by a director. Um, he had had a shit day, and he, you know, was like, "Oh, this is just so bad. Like it was a horrible day at work." And he came home, and he had two goldfish. And one of the goldfish ate the other goldfish. And he was like, well, that got that day really sucks for him because he just got eaten by his sibling. And so, like, it's kind of this mentality of, like, well, it could go really freaking bad. It could go really freaking good. But at the end of the day, I didn't get eaten by a goldfish. Like, and I do think that kind of stuff. It's just not worth messing it up. It's not worth being anxious in this moment. It's not worth being, like, missing this opportunity or whatnot and I just kind of tell myself because like the amount of energy I'm gonna lose being anxious I need that energy to go do the thing I need to do yeah getting out of bed (laughs) yeah totally I I completely relate to that um what have you learned in doing your podcast because you've been this is like 2020 2021 three years you've been doing it yeah it was the end of 2020 so it's like not like a full 2020 but um yeah, but I'm like a hundred episodes deep. So what are like some of the like main takeaways that you've you've gotten God. from doing your podcast? Main takeaways. Not to like put you on the spot. No, that people are really resilient. Like mm. really, really resilient. Um, I recorded an episode yesterday with this amazing woman. Her name is Amy Jordan. She owns Wundbar Pilates. 
she went through cancer and like, you know, still taught on demand classes. It was during COVID while going through cancer. And it's just like, you know, they had to adjust thing. They had fit models and blah, blah, blah. But like, you know, she showed up every single day and still did her job when she could. I mean, obviously she was going through a lot. Like people are just so resilient if you believe you're resilient. And sometimes maybe you have to believe you're not resilient to realize how resilient you can be because um so that's a big thing I've learned I've also like you know and this is totally my privilege talking on some level realize just how hard a lot of people work like a Mm -hmm. lot like the scope of people you know I think we can get really like in our heads about you know how hard you're working to get to your place and your career and whatnot but like some people really are also really working that hard sure you know There's blah, 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 who shows up to this town and, you know, thinks by going to the clubs every night that they're going to become famous. Honestly, my odds are good. Maybe not. But like a lot of other people are really putting in the work. And, um, and, you know, it's it's exciting to see. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's so easy to like, compare ourselves to other people. I'm sure you talk about that on on your oh, podcast with favorite social topic. media. Stuff. Yeah, especially when it's like, you're like, well, that's not fair. Like I'm working this hard. They're not doing anything. But it's like, if you give people like the benefit of the doubt or like give them the great, mm-hmm. give the grace to them that like, oh, well, like maybe they are working as hard as I am. Um, right. Like you can get through the day easier or like, do you experience like comparing yourself to other people? <gasps> Or do your guests experience that? I don't know if any guest has really talked about it, but I compare myself to other people like 24-7. I mean, I went to a a college that, you know, has a lot of kids that work in the entertainment industry. And, you know, that's hard to watch. Like I get on IMDb Pro and it's like a a girl I know's face on deadline. Like that's can be, and I'm like, what? Like we are in the same place. And then I start to Mm. realize like, right, really, where are we or whatnot? Um, So yeah, I mean, I do compare myself all the time to other people, but you know, it's something I'm just trying to work on. And it's like, it's, I mean, I think you've had so many entertainment people on on this show. And I think a lot of people that are really in it for the right reason, being podcast influencing entertainment is like on some level, we all know it's like, it's uh, a marathon, not a sprint. Um, It's like, and you know, I'm I'm 27, and I'm starting to watch some people quit and, and and move and whatnot, and it's like, okay, well, like, you know, when we start out in our our 20s, there's a lot of like people that are all all trying to do this, and and in time, you know, other people take other directions, great for them. Other people find different niches. Some people become casting directors. Some people blow up as actors, and it, you know, it's just all like in due time so I I do believe there is like a level of like if you just keep going at it like and going at these things like something will fall into place you know that's one of one of the things my acting teacher actually says she's a good friend and mentor to me too is you know she really was at like a pinnacle in her career where she really could have gone like full-blown chasing acting but you know she went to sets and felt like this wasn't actually as fun. She felt nervous. She fell out of place and like, you know, became an amazing teacher. And now she's actually getting way more back into that. But, you know, life's life's changed. Time changes us and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it's just like in time, all things, you know, become present. And I did say this when I graduated. I was like, as long as I work in entertainment, 
I'm happy. Yeah. And yeah. I, I relate to like, that too. Yeah. Um, it's, it's almost like you have to have a certain level of like, like being like too, I don't want to say too stupid to quit, but like kind of no, like, naive of like, yeah, naivete. Naive. Totally. Like totally. sometimes I'm not as naive as I pretend to be in a situation, but for my mental health and being, I'm just going to take the naive route. <laughs> yeah. Like you kind of have to, you have to I, be, I feel similarly to you in that. Like if I can just be any, in any, um, like of the arts or in entertainment, whether it's like, like film, television, writing, um, production design, like any acting, anything in that world. Like if I can do that forever, I'll do like, even if I have to have a side job, like I don't care. Like I, it's just something you like kind of, if you're like a performer or just in the arts, like something you like have to do. Um, but it's so hard in those like low moments to remember that because like, I don't know. I feel like recently I was looking at apartments. I'm I'm going to say in my apartment, but I was just like looking, like browsing. Yeah. Like, oh my God. It's so expensive to live in Los Angeles. Like how does anybody do this? It's so easy to be defeated. <laughs> it's like, we're not getting paid enough. And it, people are like, nope. Oh, well this person's like on a show. It's like, yo, if they like, it's an, if they were on like two episodes, that's like $2,000, like at most. I think about this all the time. And it's like, they can't, that's not sustainable. You can't sustain a life on two episodes of something a year, you know? And it's like so discouraging because it's like, it's so few people make enough as an actor to pay all their bills. And then we look down, like people look down upon them. They're like, oh, well they have to have a second job or whatever. And it's like, yeah, no shit. Los Angeles is expensive. I got a second, third and yeah. a third job. Like, you totally. know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, I, I think about that all the time. It, I hope that in time there's more transparency with people in the entertainment industry about that because it's something that really I get lost and confused on too. Um, it's like you were on two episodes as a guest star and you're telling everybody you're living off that. There, like, there's no way. I there's know no what way. a SAG contract looks like. Mm-hmm. There's just no way um so what else are you doing because I'm feeling insecure and I just want to know not because I'm adding you but like I just want to know like so much gate kept and then I just knocked something on the ground um (laughs) what was I gonna say you know it's it's just very yeah but it's like it that goes hand in hand too with like the transparency of influencer like in my mind it's like the same thing as a filter on someone's face right it's like Yo, I don't like I don't care if you do that, but like maybe be transparent about it because these other people are trying to be natural and get that and they're it's not gonna happen because it's not real. And it's sort of the same thing when you're like a guest star yeah. or something and you're like, Oh, I make all my money off of this thing, and it's like, Well, then people are gonna compare themselves to that and it's not the reality. So like some transparency would be great. I don't know if you remember when this happened during the pandemic, but do you remember when that uh, thing happened with Lucas Gage? He was auditioning in his apartment yes. and it's it's like a little rinky dink apartment. This guy's been on Euphoria. I think he would, was just on the White Lotus or was just about to be on White Lotus. Now he's going to be on in you or he's already, I mean, it's in the can. We know this, but, and you know, the cast producer, director or whatever is like, God, these actors, they live in such tiny apartments. Like, uh, and he could hear him. Mm-hmm. Handled it like an absolute champ. Oh, I know. Like, okay, let's go. And he was like, know, well, yeah. The- he was like, yeah, I know it sucks. So I guess just give me this job then. And then I'll uh, have a big, I'll be able to get a bigger place. And right. I was like, God, that's a great fucking response. 
Right. And I'm like looking at this thinking like, this is a successful actor. And like, you guys don't know that that's what he's living like. I'm like, A, maybe consider paying people more. Yep. And then B, like, also like look at the world. The world is probably like, wait, what? And it's like, yeah, no, that's very realistic. It's very, very realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, So it, yeah, it is, it is in a very interesting idea that it looks like it's so together for people in the entertainment industry. And there is so many that it's just not. And some people are becoming more honest about it. Some aren't, you know, yeah. in time. Yeah. Okay. Well, we are hitting an hour, but I want to ask you one last Lovely. question. Um, If you could give a piece of advice to your younger self mm. about like resilience, about bouncing back and anything in that like sort of vein, like what would that be? I think it would be something like, in the vein of like take the chance Mm. and you know say the thing um there's been so many times in my life where I've held back my tongue and I don't think this uh I heard somebody else talk about this but it's not talked enough um that you know there's there's always fight fight or flight but there's also freeze and freeze is not talked about at all and I have frozen so many times in my life where I wish I could have stood up for myself um It's great for the acting emotional wheelhouse, but, um, I do think about those times. So I would tell my 16 year old self, like, just say the thing, don't Mm -hmm. freeze. Or like, if you want to freeze, like freeze for, you know, those five minutes and you can still say it after. Um, so relatable. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I was stuck in freeze for like a a long time. I'm not like still happens. Yeah. I'm not like a, I'm not like a fight or flight person. I'm like a freeze person. Yeah. And getting yeah. out of that is like challenging. Um, thank you so much for giving me an hour of your time. It was okay. truly flew by. Uh, yes, I can't believe I it's been an hour already. Um, so I just want to say thank you and thank you for yeah. your honesty and vulnerability and all of your knowledge. Um, I really appreciate it. Well, I really appreciate you're doing such wonderful things with this podcast. I love listening to all the entertainment folks you have on. So yeah, thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thanks for listening to this episode of How the Fuck Did You Bounce Back with guest Marley Fraygang. She's an actor. She's a podcaster. Her podcast is called Confessions of a Wannabe It Girl. You can find that in all the podcast places. You can also find it on Instagram. The handle of it is Confessions of a Wannabe It Girl. Uh, you can find Marley also on Instagram. Her handle is at Marley Rose Fragging. Thanks again for listening. New episodes every Thursday.